Welcome back to Ambition and Grit with Dave Linegar. In today's episode, Dave shares his thoughts about women in leadership. He talks about some of the challenges women faced in the real estate business in the 1970s. He also gives his candid perspective on shattering the glass ceiling and explains why Remax's earliest hires were women. Let's tune in to hear the story. In the early 1970s through, oh, the middle of the 1980s, real estate was basically an older, white, white-haired man's job. There were not many multicultural realtors, and there were very few women. Since the industry did not pay advances or salaries, you kind of had to have some way of having a living while you waited the months it took to learn the business before you finally made some commissions. That tended to attract middle-aged or older men who had retired from the military, civil service, maybe another job, and that they were going to get a pension of some kind, but they were still too young to retire. After World War II, many soldiers returned home to start their families, and an unprecedented number of babies were born. As the baby boomers grew up, things started to change. Many women began to attend college. A lot of women got a degree, but then they got married. And in our era of that time, got pregnant pretty quick and started having children. By the time that the kids were then old enough to go to grade school, the desire to be a stay-at-home mom had started disappearing in America. And the thing that was fascinating was there were many women whose children started into school that found extra time on their hands. And one of the most attractive professions, if you would, was being a realtor, especially in residential property. Women were uniquely positioned. A woman thinks differently than a man. And she thinks about school and shopping and church and safety. And a man tries to prove to the woman he's very savvy and he understands construction and how the house is built and the value of the house and all that sort of thing. And the truth of the matter is, as both couples look for the house, the woman usually makes the buying decision. And so the women started coming into the real estate industry. As women started entering the workforce, many people were resistant to change and the real estate industry was no exception. Young women coming into the industry kind of irritated the old herd, if you would. And so much was made of, well, she's just a part-time housewife. She'll never make it in the business. She doesn't have any experience. She can't compete with us real salespeople that have been in the business for years. And the truth of the matter is, many of the women were driven by the beauty of the job, work your own hours, be able to get home when the kids got off school. You know, there's a good bit of that flexibility that helps, but it's a terrible, hard job to learn. Whether you're a man or a woman, it's just, first you gotta learn the business, then you gotta learn everything from pricing and appraisals to financing and contracts and finding a customer. And so being in a learning phase with no referrals to really help you get started, because people don't refer to beginners, it's a tough job. High turnover for male and female. A lot of the men made fun. We had a all-women company in Denver called Polly Little, and all the men snickered and said, oh, there's a bunch of Polly's dollies out knocking on doors. And it's just, harassment is what it is. The end result was 
Some women started to excel just like some men started to excel. They excelled sometimes because they were great salespeople. Usually they excelled because they gave great service. They were empathetic. They listened to what people wanted and they got the referrals. Already an industry disruptor, Remax was not afraid to choose the unconventional path. Dave discovered an opportunity that other real estate execs were ignoring. He saw hiring women realtors as a strategic advantage in growing his company. I did 204 face-to-face -face interviews. Four signed up. The first three were women. And what had happened was, they had previously all tried to go to work for the two biggest all-male companies in the Denver metro market. The glass ceiling said they would not hire women salespeople. You could be a woman bookkeeper, woman receptionist, but you sure couldn't be a woman salesperson. That was a man's job. And so interesting to note, we had a very rough and rocky start and it was slow. We had recruited net 21 the first year, netted up to 42 the next, 84 the third, one, 34, the fourth, and 289, the fifth. At the end of the fifth year, my sales force was virtually 80% female. I got the cream of the crop that could not still go to work for the two best companies in town. What happened the next year is I had never received a single man from those top two companies. But the year after we got the 284, my merry band of women that had kicked their butts, 200 men from the all-men companies joined my ladies. And the rest is history. Over the years, Remax has continued to advocate for women to be promoted to the highest levels of leadership. Throughout their tenure, Dave and Gail worked together to ensure that women were afforded the same opportunities as their male counterparts. We'd go to a Remax convention and to have all men on the panels talking about how I make my sales, how I build my market, how I personally market myself is pretty hypocritical because we had so many talented women that were doing the same thing. And so I started really working hard with Gail to show that if you come to Remax, you're gonna see everybody on the stage. You're not just gonna see the guys in the white shirts and the dark coats. And it just, it's a natural involvement. As women made their place in the sales force, they proved what they were making. They become very well respected and they were no part-timers in Remax. If you came to Remax and you paid your way to work for us, you were basically a partner. You had to pay your fair share and beginners couldn't come in. And so we didn't get the enormous number of part-timers that most real estate companies got. So we were able to prove very easily that women are just as good as men in this business. It's interesting to note, 65% of our sales force in the United States are women. Seven of our nine board members of the public company, Remax LLC, are women. And virtually half of our senior officers are women. And virtually about half of our franchisees are either a single woman or a married couple. Like many companies, Remax started to see the benefits of including women at all levels of leadership. Dave shares some of the unique strengths he's observed with women leaders. Men have traditionally for many years operated underneath command and control, a very military 
outlook of I'm the general, you're the major, that person's the lieutenant, and those are the privates. You'll do exactly what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it. And that's been traditional for probably 200 years in the United States. That has started to change dramatically in the last 40 or 50 years. And women, for the most part, manage with a different style. They seem to be more inclusive. They take greater personal interest in the employee. They seem to be of a, a nurturing attitude and they seem to be more patient. They can be hard and they can be very forceful, but the style is different. And realistically, if you look, the style of the leadership of most men has been gradually over the last 50 years changing in that direction. Dave is quick to acknowledge there are many talented women he has worked with who have mentored or impacted him over the years. But the very first employee he hired was one very special woman. I'd say my first mentor was Gail. And we did not become romantically involved until after the first 10 years of the company. Virtually all of my officers ended up getting divorced. We all worked 18 hours a day building Remax. She was just this beautiful thing we were building. We paid more attention to it than we did to our personal lives. She showed me a lot of strengths. There are lots of times in the company that I was able to keep my mouth shut and listen. I wanted to learn to be, you know, as good as she was in many different areas that he didn't have the experience for. There came a point where we had a lot of bills and not enough money to pay him. And I was trying to handle the bill collectors. I'm lousy at it. I'm not an administrator, not very well organized. And Gail finally had the courage to say, we're never getting out of the hole if you don't go recruit sales associates. That's your job. You recruit them, we'll make money and we can pay our debt. I'll take over all the bill collections. And she's very straightforward, very honest, and tell the collectors, we're gonna pay you, we're never gonna quit. And this month I can pay you $40 extra plus what we buy on cash. And it took us three years and we paid off $600,000 in debt. Many of those people continue to be our vendors today, 50 years later, with their own incredible companies. So she showed me a lot. She was injured critically a week before we were supposed to be married. Ended up with a traumatic brain injury from an airplane crash in Canada. Coma for several weeks. And I watched her fight back. And despite paralysis and really beaten, beaten up, she had the best attitude in the world. She went into the hospital with a smile on her face. She never looked back and said, why me, this or that? And so I learned a great deal about personal strength from her. The story of Remax is intertwined with the story of Dave and Gail. They worked together to make the company what it is today. While Remax pioneered new paths for women in the real estate industry, Dave acknowledges there is still work to be done. Well, I think the change is coming slowly, and some of these women leaders are getting great accolades. And I think that there's a natural tendency of the youngest two generations to have a great deal of respect for both men and women. The problem is there's been a good old boy club that people get appointed to boards of directors because they know other people who are successful CEOs from their own country club or from business around the country. 
And so the more women create their presence, the faster the glass ceiling would disappear. The future is bright, as you can even see in politics, a tremendous number of women in both parties are going into local and national politics. And so the ceiling is being broken. Women have to work harder. They have to prove differently than men. If a man is angry and pushy, he's aggressive. If a woman is angry and pushy, she's maybe bitchy. And that's not true, but it's what people will say. And the truth of the matter is, is women are making it and they will get the respect they deserve. While it may not be fair, women still have to work to overcome stereotypes and assumptions about their capabilities. Dave shares some ways both CEOs and employees can work to advance women leaders. If you're the CEO or a senior executive, the strategy is easy. This is what we're going to do. When you go on a search, you search lots of people, not just four or five. On the other side, women can try to voice an interest on being on boards. There are community groups like the one I was involved with where they have a placement and you can call them up and say, how can I put my resume in? And this is the kind of board I'd like to be on. In many cases, for a lower lying position, a lot of women are taking the route of, I work for a for-profit business, but I'll work for a nonprofit on their board. And the nonprofits, realistically, are probably more like half and half, male and female. That gives you the chance to serve on a committee, audit committee, nominating gov, whatever it might be. That gives you some credentials that when you get a chance to interview for a larger private company, that you might get your foot in the door. And of course, it's the same as everything else. The more people you know and in the community circles, the more likely you are to meet somebody who can give you a favorable recommendation. It's marketing. You market yourself. Dave believes the future is bright for women leaders, and he continues to work to create change. The more women that attain visibility in senior level positions, the more likely women are to seek advancements in their workplaces. You have to stand up for your beliefs, and you can't be a wallflower. And if you're hired to be on a board of directors, most of today's large boards, larger companies, understand companies with women on the boards have less litigation and are more profitable. Proven scientific fact. I was involved with a group here in Colorado starting about five years ago, and the average private board in the state had less than one half of a woman company in the state. And because of Remax's track record, they asked me to take a significant role and create a series of lectures and one-on-one -on -one meetings with other boards of directors to emphasize the need to put women on our boards. So we developed a lot of statistics and we've changed that to where now we're up to about two and a half women per board. That's pretty Pretty good advancement in five years. From the beginning, Dave, Gail, and their leadership team sought to create an inclusive work environment. Despite the prevailing cultural perceptions over the years, the women of Remax have been integral to the incredible success of the company. 
I've had a saying I've used for nearly 50 years. And it's very simple. Sometimes the best man for a job is a woman. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. To find more episodes of the show and learn more about Dave and his story of ambition and grit, visit ambitionandgrit.com. And if you love the show, be sure to hit subscribe and leave a rating and a review wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, remember, everything in life worth having takes a little ambition and grit.